0: seated and would you bring me my water y'all ever in colorado when you got the smoke that's going on from the fires and it's dry and there's no rain i can't drink enough water it's like my my voice is so raspy and um so i forgive me if i sip water as i as i preach but it's better than a raspy voice amen mm. so we uh, are in the fourth part of our series follow me and we've covered uh, talking about the first one that uh, we talked about, discipleship dialogue. That that everybody that follows Jesus, it began with a discipleship dialogue. Sometimes we think that, uh, you know, we have a relationship with Jesus and then we start being discipled. And I believe that we build a relationship with Jesus or we come into relationship as a result of being discipled, of the word being communicated to us. Or we pick the Bible up one day and we start to read it. And did you know that that that's a discipline, to actually read the word of God, that we start to discipline ourselves to find out what the word of God says. You know, it, it may be that a crisis came in your life. It might be you was in a good time in your life when you came to Christ, but something opened your heart and mind up. And I, I'll submit this to you. It was the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Because the Bible says that no one comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. And so it was the Holy Spirit that began to open up your heart and, and I like to say that you started to hear the call of the Holy Spirit, right? On the day of Pentecost, when, when uh, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it talks about uh, 3,000 came to the Lord in a day. I was just, just the men. Came to the Lord in a day. When, when the Bible speaks of that, it talks about how the Holy Spirit came on that day, right? And, and when you understand that the Holy Spirit came, and he was the one that opened their hearts up, if you will, to follow Christ, uh, Jesus was the one that said, Terry, wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power, say power. power, from on high. The Holy Spirit will come. And then you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Then, say then. So, so we need the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to be led by him. So I'll say that the discipleship begins with the first conversation you begin to have. That may be with another person, or it may be, like I said, picking up the Bible, but you start to have a conversation with God. And trust me, when you start having a conversation with God, there's, 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 a, there's a, a, a part of you that comes alive and starts to realize. There's a part of you that begins to fear. I like how Pastor Vance said, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And there's a part of you like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could live like, I don't, I, I don't know if I could do that. But understand that when you see all those laws and you see all those rules and you start to to hear that, what happens is, is your mind starts to realize how far short you fall, that you don't measure up to God. And some people can get, you know, a little scared about that, but it should bring, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, not you should be fearful and run away, but you should respect God and come to him because he's the only one that can save you. And you think about that that, that, that he is the one that sent his son to die on the cross. Jesus is the one that willingly laid his life down so that we might have life. It's something we need to run to, amen? We need to be disciples, disciplined ones that are running to that kind of instruction. And so, um, you know, the, the first week was that discipleship dialogue. The second week, um, I talked about that we need faith to follow him. And he tells us to come follow him, but... But we need faith to follow jesus that discipleship dialogue that starts to allow that faith to come why faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god that as we hear the word of god we start to grow in our faith in jesus christ we start to grow in our faith of what's possible in a relationship with jesus which led to me my third week last week i talked about do you know him do you know jesus do do you do you know it's not just know about him remember in that last day that many will stand before him saying, Lord, Lord, haven't we in your name cast out demons? Didn't we pray for the sick? Didn't, and, they, and they were healed and didn't we, right? Prophesy and on and on. And then Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Wait a minute, so I was doing all these works for God and he didn't even know me? But I did everything that was there and there and there. I kept the law, Are you hearing me here? It's not about... The, the works in the sense of thinking that it earns you something with God it does not it it is a response to to who God is and and look the gifts and calling of God are without repentance you know what that means you cannot have a relationship with God and he gave you gifts and called you and you can function in those why because he established it from your very beginning remember jeremiah when in jeremiah 1 when he's uh, Hearing the call of the Lord, right? That from your mother's womb, I knew you. I formed you and ordained you to be a prophet to the nations from your mother's womb. So Jeremiah, I mean, he's not wanting to say things because he's fearful of what the people's faces will be when he says something to them that challenges them on a level, right? they like, remember what I said a couple weeks ago? No, I don't like when you do that. You're judging me, right? You all with me? It's like somebody says something to you, you're judging me. Well, no, it says it in the Bible. Well, you're judging me with the Bible. I'm judging you with the Bible. I, I didn't write it. You all with me? I didn't write it, so how am I judging you? No, the Word does, right? Because God sent his son into the earth, and he sent him to save us. Let's, let's uh, go to, I wrote a statement that I want to say because I want to get all these thoughts out to, to have us in the right place. So following uh, indicates an invitation to walk in a specific direction. It indicates if you're gonna follow, that means you're going in a specific direction. You need a leader, and let me tell you, there's no better leader in your life than Jesus. If you have Christ in your life, you can trust that he's gonna lead you to the best life you can possibly have. And it's, it's always gonna be a life that's gonna lead into eternity, right? So we want to be led into eternity by following Christ, and that takes, on our part, a willingness To surrender, a willingness to say, Jesus, you have the right to tell me how to live my life, is what I said last week, right? He's got the right. He saved me, so he has the right to tell me this is the way you need to live, right? Anybody ever been uh, driving and and heading towards a destination and and think you know you're going the right way and you don't end up where you thought you were going? Let me say it this way. Is anybody in here directionally challenged? Because, you know, I know we men hate the word, you're lost, and she would drive down the road, she goes, you're lost. I'm like, I'm not lost, I'm directionally challenged. Right? You ever end up where you didn't think you were going? And so often there are things in life that can kind of grab a hold of us. We think it's bringing what we want. You know, I, first service I talked about, I've, I've counseled people over the years, I've met with them, you know, they, they get in a mountain of debt or, you know, they, they have more relationships than they can manage in life. They have friends that, you know, they can't keep up with everything, right? And they just keep doing it and they're stressed out and it brings tension and, and, and you know, uh, strife in their family and so on. And, you know, it, it's like more and more and more didn't lead them where they thought it was going to go, right? And, and then all of a sudden they've got everything they wanted. They got a lot of friends. They've got, you know, a wife. I'm not telling you to get rid of your wife just so we know. They get everything they want and they're like I I got everything I want but I don't know if this is what I really wanted. And I want to tell you that that what we receive from God is a blessing. See the blessing of God makes rich and adds no sorrow. So you know that whole mindset that that we see of keeping up with the Joneses don't, don't fall for it. It'll lead you down a road that's hard to get back from. And there's many that don't make it back from there. I believe that That as we um, go to the word of God, it gives us instructions on doing life better than we can ever do it by ourselves. Can you say amen? amen? See, we always have the opportunity of getting on the right track. Always in Christ, you've never gone so far that you can't get on the right track. Jesus always extends that invitation. He may challenge you, but he'll extend the invitation. Our source of direction is far greater it's a source that can tell us what life is really about. Found in the pages of Scripture, we find direction not just to live and learn, but to learn and to live. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You learn from the Bible, and all of a sudden, you start making different decisions, and you start to live like you've never lived before. Amen? The promise of skillful living is made to all those who will listen to advice and accept instruction proverbs nineteen twenty. god has revealed truths about life the bible is a guidebook a blueprint to living and a foundation of a well-built life a road map if you will through the minefield uh that surrounds us every day i mean you got to make a lot of different decisions in your life and the thing is is there's no greater counsel than going to god going to his word i remember When my son Wade, I think he was about, right about 12 years old, and he was in school. You know, middle school can be a a rough life. Do I have any middle schoolers that can give me an amen on that? Middle school can be a rough life. I mean, you know, you're you're starting to get really in the throes of peer pressure, right? You're in the transition. You got to look really good because you're starting to take an interest in girls, but you just don't know, you know, did you know? It's like, you know, well... Joey bought me roses. It's like, well, dude, I'm already in keeping up with the Joneses here. You know what I mean? You start to enter into that where decisions are there and stresses are there on a higher level than it was in elementary school, right? Wade had some of those stressors. Friends trying to talk him into doing things. He knew if I do this, mom and dad will string me up for a week. Uh, So he's in those stresses, and he did something he shouldn't have done, and I just, you know, son, you know, that doesn't honor God, and, you know, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. One day you'll have your own house. You'll get to choose what you want to do, but you don't get to choose here. Right. Not now. I'm going to train you up in the ways you go, and when you grow old, you won't depart from it. If you don't know, that's a scripture that tells you parents what your responsibility is in raising kids. Train them up in the ways of the Lord. And so we're training them up in the ways of the Lord, but uh, there's this moment. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Like, they say things, and I don't know what to say, and, you know, He's really frustrated. I said, well, here, I want you to go upstairs and read Proverbs, such and such chapter. And, and so, uh, so he went upstairs, and he's reading it. And I don't know how many times he read it, but he comes out, and he goes, hey, so we have this, uh, like they call it a catwalk over our, the great room of our living room, and his room was right at the end of one. he rolls out with his Bible, he goes, in the middle of this passage, this is exactly what I'm dealing with. I said, train a child up in the way they should go, you know? So, so anyway, he went back to his room, he meditated on that, and he, he started making a few better decisions. Um, and that's, I want to just say this, as a dad, the greatest hope I could have for my children is, is that, you know, that mom and I have tried to teach them the right things, but they've learned of, of all things that when they don't know what to do and they don't know what to decide, that they can go to the word of God and they can make decisions that lead them to life, Amen. And so uh, uh the Bible brings uh, clarity, fulfillment in this life, but it is only found as we navigate by the wisdom contained in the word of God. You gotta you gotta choose to get your compass right. You know, uh, you know what you have to have with a compass is you have to have um you have to have a fixed, you know, point. Like I, you ever heard of point A to point B? So you gotta know here yeah, on the map, right? You got to be able to say, This dot means I'm right here. And you know why I say that is because on your iPhone, it actually will show you right where you're at. <laughs> right? <laughs> this dot, I'm right here. Where do I want to go? I enter the, the, the place I want to go. And you know, it's amazing how Google Maps will just go boop, 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 and route. You want to take this route? You want to take this route? You want to take the scenic route? You know, you want to smell the roses as you go along or, or, you know, like the ladies. Like, hey, let's take this route. It's so scenic and beautiful. I'm like, it's an hour longer. I want to get to my destination. Come on now, right? And so, so but you got the choice to look at that. Now, here's the beauty of the word of God. You know, I would say that Jesus invites us into rest. So it, he kind of agrees with the ladies on the take the scenic route and, you know, enjoy the ride a little bit. It is one of the greatest challenges for me. This is one of the areas that I still, um, you know, have to keep in check. I need the discipleship dialogue, right? I need a little more faith in Jesus, huh? And I, I need to know Him because He wouldn't act like I act in traffic sometimes. When when two cars driving beside each other, you know, in a sixty-five at fifty-five, somebody in the early service said forty-five, you know. I'm back there like, I'm taking the, I'm taking the shoulder, man. I'm taking the, and Angie's like. Calm down, just slow, it's okay. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy what ride? We gotta get to our destination, you know. And I I get focused on the destination and I'm frustrated on the journey. Don't get so focused on your destination that you're frustrated on the journey. Sometimes what happens is we can look at what the Bible says about eternal life and all the blessings of God and and look, the blessings of God are yes and amen, right? God's not telling you no, but he might be telling you no right now. You hear me? And sometimes we want it and we want it now and what happens is we get going and we think we're going God's direction because he wants us blessed and the reality is we land in a place that's like, God, where'd you go? God's like, well, you know, back here? You ever get lost to the point you gotta turn around and go back to the intersection and determine again which direction you need to go? And I'll just say that it's better to get the counsel of the Lord so you don't just know your point A, you know the true point B eternal life Jesus wants to lead you into eternal life eternity's coming the fullness of eternal life is coming but you're meant to live for eternity right now you're meant to live with your heavenly father in a relationship that's meaningful right now one day I'll get there no you can have that right now and walk with him and never forget this God used to come to the garden with Adam every day not once in a while Every evening, God would come, the Bible says, and walk with Adam in the cool of the day. And one day, God shows up to walk with Adam, and Adam's not there. He calls out, Adam, look, God knew where he was, but you got to understand, that connection and relationship. Let me ask you, do you think God knows where you are right now? Do you think he knows where you'll be tomorrow at 9 a.m.? So he could know that and never interact with you, and in that there's no relationship. He still knows, but God did that with Adam because he wanted wanted him to know him. He wanted that personal relationship with him. God wants that with you. I challenge you to, to pursue that with everything that you have. Adam hid himself because of sin, shame. And I just want to say that that's probably one of the biggest things I deal with with people when they come to, I just don't know if God could forgive me for this or I've done this or I I fell short here or I fell short there. Say grace. Say grace. God's grace is sufficient for you. Get up and keep walking with him. Amen? Hmm. Share a story before we get into our scriptures here. There's an old story of an airline pilot and he came over the intercom and he said, uh, passengers have have good news, we've got a great tailwind and and we're making great time. Anybody ever been on a plane and like, yes, right? And then he goes, uh, but the bad news is the navigation system is broken and we don't know where we're at. (laughs) Sometimes we can be in that kind of place, right? Let me tell you, if you're in the word of God, your navigation system will never be broken. And the tailwind of the Holy Spirit blowing, you know that, that, say Ruach. that's the wind of the spirit that tailwind of the spirit when he's pushing you where God wants you to go and you know where to make your turns because the word of God is in your heart and you know when it's the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you left here, right there you know but if you don't get in the word of God then you can't experience an understanding of him speaking to you because you don't know the language I've been overseas to many different countries and oftentimes had to have an interpreter. And the reason why is I didn't know the language. The Bible is the language of God. It's his communication to us. So make it of utmost importance because you are his child. Romans 8:29. God knew them, that's you, before he made the world. And he decided that he would be like his son, that they would be like his son. Then Jesus would be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. You are a brother and a sister of Christ. And I don't know about you, to be a brother and sister to the King of Kings and Lord of Lord is a pretty high honor, amen? So uh, here's what I want to give you today in, in context of understanding that you are a brother or a sister of Christ. You you are in, in the kingdom. You've been translated out of darkness and into his mar- marvelous light if you've believed on him. Um, I want to give you seven points to follow Jesus into eternal life. That There's seven points uh, things you can do, I believe, recognize recognize that uh, follows Jesus into eternal life. First and foremost, we need to recognize the potential of eternal life. That you have potential for eternal life. You've heard John 3.16 many times, but look at it again with that in mind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loved the world, every person in it. No one was left out. When God was planning salvation, he left no one out. All of us were in his thoughts, right? And and so here's what happens. He so loved the world that he gave his son to die that whoever believes, the whoever believes on him is not God's responsibility. It's not Jesus' responsibility. It falls to us to make a decision. It's like, yeah, I believe that Jesus did this. I believe that Jesus came and gave his life for me. In other words, If I believe on him, I shall be saved. So the potential is for everybody to be saved, but will everybody respond with believing on Jesus Christ and what he did? The next one is Titus 1, 2 through 4 out of the Message Bible. It says, I, Paul, am God's slave and Christ's agent for promoting the faith among God's chosen people, getting out the the accurate word on God. And how to respond, there's our part again, how to respond rightly to it. My aim is to raise hopes by pointing the way to life without end. That's everlasting life. That's eternal life. Paul's trying to point that way, but it's up to people to decide to go that way. This is the life God promised long ago. Underline that promise. Say promised. Promised long ago, and he doesn't break promises. And then, when the time was ripe, he went public with this truth. I've been entrusted to proclaim this message by order of our Savior, God Himself. Now think about that for a moment. When you when you look at the potential of that, Paul can preach and preach and preach, but he's making it very clear there the hope that they're going to have the response to what he's pre- the good news that he's preaching that Christ has given his life so that they can have the fullness of life, eternal life. Amen. And so, so everyone has the potential to follow Jesus into eternal life, but they have the choice to believe in him or not. The next one is we need to appreciate, we need to appreciate the prayer of eternal life. Now I was studying this out and I, and it just hit me like, you know, as I was thinking, it was like, man, is there, is there a prayer for eternal life or of eternal life? And I found it. Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting there's eternal life again. Think about the the bravery, the courage of David to invite the living God. God, come search me, right? Look, you know my anxieties. You know the things I deal with. You know the things that get me tripped up. Uh, you, you, You know when I get stressed out. And, and I snap at my wife or, 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 you know, I get stressed out and, you know, I, I don't do something I should, or I f- have fear of man and I, I, I commit to too many things and I can't do them. And things are falling all, apart around me and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, but do I have the courage for God in the midst of those anxieties? Because understand that when we, when we I just want to say this, when we make commitments we can't keep, when we do things that we can't follow through with, what happens is, is it's, it's because we have a fear of man. Come on now, y'all don't have busy lives. It's, it's so important that we recognize let your yes be yes and your no, no, right? The Bible says that. And the way we do that is that we, God, is this, it's that, you know, it's not hey Siri, where am I at right now and where am I, you know. It's hey, Bible. And by the way you can do that with Siri if you want. Hey Siri, what's the Bible say about this? And you know what Siri will do? She'll pop up a bunch of scriptures. This is what I found on the web. Now all I would say is is don't just take what somebody wrote about it. You got to get an actual you got to get scripture and actually see what it says because there's a whole lot of opinions out there. And none of them are without significance. The Bible says there's many voices in the world, right? And none of them are without significance, meaning they're all trying to get your attention and get you to go the way they think you should go. Can I get an amen? But you need to hear the voice of God and go the way He's calling you to, do, to go. And to do that, get, get in that place of prayer and find yourself inviting God. Pray the prayer of eternal life. John 17:1 through 3. Let me take a drink of water, my raspy voice. <clears throat> 17, 1 through 3, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority, say authority, that's power, keep that in mind, authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Anyone that accepts Jesus, who, who's been given to Jesus, anybody that recognizes what Jesus did, you recognize it because the Father's revealed it to you. You remember Peter, excuse me, and Jesus having a, a discipleship dialogue one day, and, and, and Jesus says, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're uh, Elijah, the, you know, the prophet, or, or John the Baptist, come back from the dead, and he said, well, who do you say that I am? And they're like, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He says to Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. There's a point in our lives when we're having that conversation, we're in that time of prayer and we're talking to God and we have that kind of moment, right? I don't know about you, I've had some pretty amazing moments and I long, when I say that, it's like I've had moments with God where it's like undeniable there's no way that it that that it's anything but God speaking that to me. Because a lot of times it's like, man, I am not doing that. Come on, right? You know, forgive this person. But they did this, Lord. Forgive them. That's gotta be God because I know it ain't the devil and it ain't me. Right? That's how awesome the Bible is. You get to reading it and all of a sudden it's pointing something out, and you're like, nah, going on, I don't really want to do that, you know. Nobody else I know really want, you know. It, it, it challenges you, to, it, watch, it'll, the Bible's going to challenge you to love on God and love on others. That's what a disciple is. It's, it's kind of like, go and make disciples. Well, What do we teach disciples to do? Um, love God and love others. Now, loving God, here's the thing, right? We don't, I mean, is anybody, do you see God right now in here? Raise your hand if you see God. Okay, here's the the thing on that, right? Um, You you see God in that sense in, in the people that are around you. Not God, but God reflecting. This is how he's chosen to show himself is through others around us. That's why the Bible says if you say you love God and hate your brother or sister, right, you are a, anyone? You're a liar. So to be a disciple is to follow what the Word of God teaches, Challenges, it's difficult to do, and you can't do it without God in your life. So prayer, the prayer of eternal life is so important to follow Jesus, and how he lived takes a prayer life, amen? Uh, let me finish. So uh, that he should give eternal life, I love this, to as many as you have given him. I want you to know that God has given Jesus the whole world. That's why he sent him, right? Go back to that first one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Gave him the whole world. Did you know that, that every person's name is written in the Lamb's book of life? And did you know that it talks about that if basically in the, in, in the last days when judgment time comes, your name will, if, if you didn't turn to Christ, you don't believe in him, your name will be blotted out. Think about that for a minute. Anybody ever taken a, a sharpie and or something, you know, like, uh, and you scribble over it to, bl- to black it out, right? right? That's what happens to your name in the Lamb's book of life if you don't believe in Christ. He was thinking about all of us. He didn't leave anyone out. Everyone has potential. But if we don't follow him, then our name gets blotted out. That's why we need uh, a prayer life. And what it leads to then is, is that we need to receive the power of eternal life. That's received in a prayer life, but we need to receive it. We need to accept that God has given us power of eternal life. John eleven twenty five 25 through 26 says, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. Even though they die, <laughs> come on, talking to Jesus sometimes, the discipleship dialogue with Jesus had to sometimes just be a little you know, mind warping, right? They, they, they'll never die, even though they die. They'll live, but even though they die. Like, Wait, what, Jesus? On, wouldn't you? you? If you were standing, think of that time too, right? Resurrection, coming back from the dead. Jesus is saying, Hey, look, when you believe in me, you're going to live. And even when you die, <laughs> but watch this as he goes on. Oh, it says, Even though they die, and whoever lives by believing, there's it is again, believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? come on he drops that do you believe this you're standing in front of somebody yes you believe he's the Messiah you've never experienced anything like this before and he drops a line like that on you and then says do you believe this it's like can you give me a, can you? Can I think about this overnight do you ever read the word of God and kind of like man I need to think about that <laughs> well let me show you an area and I hate to do this but it's the one area that, that really triggers people, and I, I'm going to do that. I'm here to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Is that okay today? No, it's not okay, is it? Here's the thing, right? When you think about it, that, that moment, uh, having that dialogue and something like that happened, Jesus goes, hey, give 10% of everything you made. What, Jesus? Let me think about that overnight. Like, Lord, give me a year to think on that one. Nationally, and I want to say this. We wonder, the statistics I shared about believers, nationally, tithing is about 20, I think it's 27% of people who believe in Christ actually give to the church. Come on now. Oh, see, that's how that goes over. The, the point of that is, is that this is the way God chose to establish his kingdom is to work with you and I. He chose that. And, and so here's 100% of God's vision, and yet... His people provide 27% of the provision based on how God structured it that the kingdom of God would advance. Are you hearing me here? (laughs) I know it's a touchy subject, but I'm using that one because if you get that one, if, if you can ever come to a place and if it takes you overnight or it takes you a year or two, I don't really care. That's between you and God and here's what I would say with that. You need to get that one right because Jesus is the one that said, you can't serve God and mammon, and money. You'll love the one, you'll hate the other. Come on. You'll love the one and you'll hate the other. How did, he choose, how did he choose to test whether or not you trust him wholeheartedly? The tithe. And do you know what else he did when he did that? He also set it up and said, and test me in this. Test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you're not able to contain what I'm going to bless you with. Now, think about that. If, if somebody come and they said to you, like, look, I got a million dollars right here. If, if you give $100,000, i am going to give you, you're going to have the million, or you'll have 900000 How many of you, let me think about that? Why, why would you want to think about that? Because it sounds too, are you all with me here? It sounds too... Too good to be true. And I wanna tell you that God's promise to you is way better than something like that. Come on, I'm preaching good even if you aren't letting me know it. <laughs> his promises to you, and you put it in context and you look at that, his promise is eternal life. Now get off the money part because I'll just tell you this, it's never been about the money to God, never. Has it been about that? It's always been about the relationship. And go figure that he put that in there to test the relationship and say, is that more important to you than I am. You hear me here? Okay, I'll get off of it. Let me move forward here. (laughs) All right, the power of of eternal life. Revelation 21 1 through 4. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, I, I get stuck on that one because, have you been to the ocean? And I'm like, God, what are you thinking? And then I feel really bad that I'm going, God, what are you thinking about not having a sea? Because it's so beautiful. You get what I'm saying? So, okay, let me get off that Uh, rabbit trail. But I do, I pause there because that grabs me. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. away think about that for a moment that's so remember we're heading in a direction we're passing through this the bible says that we are we're pilgrims here this this is not our final destination and so often people are making their plan and they're trying to build into it that this is the final destination and it is not that's the final destination but live like you're from there now come on god's called us to live like where we're from right The Bible says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. If I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, let me tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff around here that's a distraction to the way that is. And I need to live like eternity right now. Amen. And so, our next one is uh, that we need to walk in the purpose of eternal life. Once we receive the power of eternal life, man, we need to. I I got a a coach in my life, he's a pastor. Um, a leader, and he coaches pastors and, and business leaders, and his name's Sean Lovejoy, but uh, there was a point where he was talking to me, and, and you know, you can go through things in life, and you just get hit one time after another. Like, I just want you to know, I saw Gateway, you know, uh, winning 10,000 souls by, you know, my first five years. You get, is it, would that be wrong for me to dream something like that, to see how many people come to Christ? Not not for the not for the building sake because I don't care where they go and we've led thousands to Christ and you know many of them are in other churches you know to this day and and God bless it right it's not about how big our church is it's about the good news of Jesus Christ being preached but at the same time I'm pastoring a church I'd like to see our church grow can I get an amen and so so in that he's coaching me and you know I'm like well you know I thought this would happen I thought that would happen and you know um, but I, he goes, you need to get your spiritual swagger back. I'm like, my what? Where's that in the Bible? He goes, no, it's a little pep in your step that you have a confidence that Jesus Christ has given you and that you walk that way and you live that way. Because is it about that? I'm like, no. He said, then, then why be down? And, then, and when he said that, I'm thinking to myself, you know, the psalmist said that. Why are you downcast all my soul? Right? My Savior, my God, I will yet praise him. Amen. All right, uh, moving along. So the purpose of eternal life, Psalm thirty-three, eleven. But his plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. If you get in God's plan, <laughs> if you get in God's plan, you're pursuing a purpose that lasts for eternity. It's not temporary. Your purpose, the impact that you make, is going to last for all eternity. The fruit that you bear is something that you receive an even greater reward in, in that time in your life. Amen. And then Romans 6, 22 through 23, it says in the Message Bible, but now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole healed, put-together life right now with more and more life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life delivered by Jesus our master. He delivered it when he hung on the cross. And let me say this, he delivered eternal life. He, he delivered salvation and eternal life we get to walk in. And when he comes back, guess what he's delivering? <laughs> more and more life. It's it's. it's so much better. Why? Because every tear is wiped away. Sorrows are gone. Sickness is gone. All of that is gone when Jesus returns. So it's, it's an even greater life than anything we could ever experience here. Amen? All right. So, uh, so then once we are walking in the purpose of, your, of eternal life, we need to live with the passion of eternal life. Passion of eternal life. What is passion? The word passion originates from the Latin word passio, which is closely related to the Greek uh, root path, meaning to suffer. It means to suffer. How many of you ever heard, um, watched the movie? You remember Mel Gibson's movie, his, his uh, Jesus movie? It was called What? See how y'all knew that? Did you, did you know you can substitute there the suffering of the Christ? You ever hear, no pain, no gain? Anybody lift weights? Give me somebody to exercise. Raise your hand if you exercise. All right. So so here's what it comes down to, right? You go in the gym. I haven't been there for a while. I must admit my wife is on me about that. But you get in there, man, you start lifting and you're kind of like, you know, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. But there's something else going on that's like, you know, I can't put my finger on it. It's like I have a passion about being healthy. And, and sometimes I have a greater passion than other times. Can I get a witness for that one? And and you get that and it gets going and you get that drive, and all of a sudden you start exercising, you start getting fit, it's no different with the kingdom of God. Exercising your spiritual man, getting fit. But to do that, you gotta be passionate. You wake up in the morning, if it takes putting on the Rocky song, dun dun no, 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 no. i know i'm not a good singer but you know put it in you know and, and walk over to your shelf dust your bible off and lift it up start reading it those pages are a whole lot lighter than the weights at the gym i can tell you that and if you use your iphone it's even easier you don't have to you know it's a lot lighter and you just gotta you know swipe you know poke around and swipe but i promise you if you do that your passion will grow even greater if you feed that passion, it's going to grow even greater. Um, the Greek word, when we think of uh, uh, Paul the Apostle, when he says um, in, in Romans 126, he talks about that God gave them over to their vile passions. Passion be, can be good or it can be evil. Passion can be uh, sinful or it can be righteous. So we've we got to guard our passions. We've got to know whether it's a passion of the flesh or a passion of the of the spirit and when it's a passion of the spirit the Bible says that if you follow okay, follow me if you follow after the spirit you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh you won't feel the fulfill the desires of the flesh that can mislead you from God but rather what will happen is is you'll follow him into eternal life and all those different aspects that you need so you gotta guard those passions um, Psalm 63 and 1 this is what the psalmist says oh God my God how I search for you, how I thirst for you in a parched and weary land where there is no water. How I long to find you. How I long to find you. I, I want that to be an everyday desire of mine. As I want to long to find God in relationship. Do you know Him? <laughs> Acts one three says, "To whom He also presented Himself alive after His." Suffering, there's that word that's used there, it's, it's actually, um, the, the a root word is the same. Suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And what are the things that pertain to the kingdom of God? Eternity, life in Jesus Christ, amen? Hmm. And the next one. Our next one is we need to pursue the progress of eternal life. We need to make progress in our walk with Christ. And if we're going to do that, we need him. Philippians 2.12, so then my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation. There's that process that leads to progress. Work out your salvation. That is, cultivate it. Bring it to full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity. Actively actively pursue being a disciple and growing in the things that Christ has called you to do. With awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. It's our responsibility when we are saved, it's our responsibility to extend the invitation back. Jesus invited us in. He challenges us to follow him. And, and in following, what happens is, is we are inviting him. It's, Jesus, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you help me? Would you guide me into all truth in your word? John uh, 5.13 says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Watch that you may know that you have eternal life, that you you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Continue. In other words, don't fall back from that relationship you have with Christ. Let it be something that grows and becomes more and more passionate as you progress in your growth. And then finally, and as the team comes, as we close, we need to accept the promise of eternal life. You've got to accept the promise of eternal life. Listen to 1 John 2, 24 through 25. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and the Father and in the Father. And this is the promise that he promised us, eternal life. Now, <clears throat> think about it a minute. You can go to the Bible and you can actually read and you know what you're going to see? You'll find promise after promise after promise after hundreds of promises of God. You know he promises to heal you? You know uh, he promises to provide for you? He gave himself a name actually for so much of what he provides for us. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider, right? Jehovah Shama, anyone? The Lord my peace. Or Shalom, Shama is shepherd. Jehovah uh, sh- Shalom is the Lord my peace, right? So here's all the provisions of God. There's so many provisions of God, but to understand that that when He says the promise that He's made, singular, the promise that He's made to us is eternal life. That we're passing through and we're heading into the fullness of that, but God has provided that now for us to walk in. So we gotta we, we need to open our hearts and accept that God's promise to us in eternal life. Let me read to you out of uh, um, Titus 1-2, which was in our first uh, scripture, but I just took one, one verse again. Then they will have the hope of eternal life that God promised long ago, and God never tells a lie. God never tells a lie. So think on that, the hope of eternal life We have the confidence that god never tells a lie if god never tells a lie i just want to challenge us don't live in one if god never tells a lie don't live in a lie in your life know that you can come to god with anything and everything going on and he's there and he's promised you eternal life he's promised to help you work through whatever's going on in your life to have a close relationship with his son a close relationship with him so that you can have the fullness of the life that he promised. It was Jesus said that he came to give us life and life what? More abundant. It's not a cheap life, man. Jesus came and he's rolled out the red carpet for us if you want to get down to it. That's not saying that you won't have sufferings, passion. (laughs) You're going to go through hard things, but you need to know that he's there to bring you through those hard things with greater blessing, amen? Stand to your feet with me if you would. We'll close in prayer. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We praise you. You're worthy. Lord, I, I thank you for your people. Lord, I pray for, for those in this room right now, those that are watching us online. And I pray, God, that there be a greater, Father, uh, f- a fullness of, of an understanding of that eternal life is not just that one day when we get to heaven. I remember growing up singing that hymn when we all get to heaven what a wonderful day it'll be I agree 100% with that but it's not when we get to heaven only God you want us to experience eternal life here and now and to walk in that so father I pray grace and mercy and love God over your people and I pray that as they 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 read your word this week pray the moment they begin to read it there is that thought that runs through their head come follow me they hear that invitation from jesus and lord they recognize that they're answering that and that they actually extend and invite him to come jesus come i want to i want a closer walk with you i don't want to just know about you i want to know you so jesus come and, and like the psalmist search me test me you know my anxieties See if there's any wicked way in me. And Lord, guide me into life everlasting. I pray over them, Father, that they'd experience the fullness of that. And we pray these things in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.